Hello and welcome. Common sense just flew right in the window and into my mind. Hello, folks, and welcome to another episode of Casey's Random Thoughts. This one, I hate to say, is going to get a little bit political. Normally, we try to be neutral right down the middle. But <clears throat> this one's going to get into a few things. And truthfully, they need to be gotten into. So. Without further ado, let's dive right in. What you listened to was part of the Ukrainian National Anthem, which myself and a group that I founded, which is Stormworn Weather Dayton, we stand with Ukraine. And I can tell you, if I had the money, I had the ability, I had the way to do it. I would be one of the first ones, even though I've had no military training. I've had training with firearms since I was 15. I've done armed security work, firefighter, EMT, number of things. But if I had my opportunity, I would go over there and fight right alongside President Zelensky. And I tell you this because here is a man who, when his country got attacked, instead of taking the U.S. up on an offer to extract him and take him somewhere, the man said basically, no, I'm staying and fighting. He said, don't send me a ride. Send me ammunition, send me weapons, which is what we should be doing is as a world, whether it be Britain, Germany, France, Italy, the U.S., Brazil, uh, Japan, it doesn't matter. We should be sending weapons over there to Ukraine. I mean, we've got a former beauty pageant winner who's taken up an AK-47, willing to fight for her country. And I can tell you, within this country, if that were to happen, with our Second Amendment and the number of people that own firearms, our people would be pouring into the streets the same way to repel the invaders. They would be doing it. You know they would be doing it. And there would be ones, you know, who didn't own guns. Uh, I hate to say this, but mainly liberals, uh, gun control people that would probably be coming up. Show me how to operate this. Because truthfully, 
Nobody wants to be enslaved. Nobody. And we can go back to before the Civil War. Nobody wants to be enslaved. You you know, do, does anybody think that the black people and the indigenous and mixed race people, does anybody even think that they willingly wanted to be enslaved? No, because God granted us freedom. And I can tell you, he granted us freedom as long as we follow his word, you know, he granted us freedom to choose, to be who we wanted to be. Not what somebody wanted us to be, but who we wanted to be, our true selves. And same thing in Ukraine. These people just want, want to live in peace, live their lives the same as we do every day. I mean, think about it, folks. You're sitting in your nice warm house right now, eating your meal with your family, telling your kids that you love them, telling your wife that you love her, wife's telling the husband that she loves him too. You know, you're, you're going to work every day. And I can tell you, you know, we, we basically got it made. We really do. Because we're sitting here in warmth, in decency, you know, and I challenge any one of you, go over to any of the news channels. It doesn't matter whether it's CNN or, or OANN or Newsmax or Newsy or Fox or who, you know, CBS, ABC, but go over there and watch news reports from reporters that are on the ground because the honest to goodness truth they're over there risking their lives to send a story back here so that we can see the truth and the truth is look at the bombed out buildings look at the people that are dead in the street look at the women children being slaughtered all because one man, Vladimir Putin, has determined that he's going to invade Ukraine and take it over for who knows what reason. Only in, only in his, and I'm going to say this, only in his, and it's my opinion, which First Amendment I'm entitled to, in his demented mind, he says that the Ukrainians, you know, are full, the, the Ukrainian government is full of neo-Nazis and, and druggies and stuff, which couldn't be any further from the truth. But yet that's what he says. Even his own people in his country, in Moscow, are protesting. I've heard on the news that over 2,500, I believe it was, arrested for protesting the government. Here, we have the right to protest. And I will tell you, I don't mind Black Lives Matter. I don't mind Patriots. 
I don't mind any, whoever you are. If you want to peacefully protest, that's fine. Protest. That's what our First Amendment was set up for in the Constitution. The Founding Fathers and such said that the people have a right together and voice their discontent with the government. And you go to other countries, think about this. You go to Russia, you go to China, you go to other smaller countries uh, with dictators who basically, if you protest, will throw you in the gulag or take you to a labor camp. Think of North Korea. They jailed people who didn't cry when Kim Jong-un's father died. They made everybody line the streets, the roads. They were told they were told to cry on demand because of this man dying. <clears throat> and think about it, folks. In the U.S., we have freedom. We have freedom. Right now, there's a trucker's convoy headed through Missouri that's probably going to go through Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, uh, or who knows, maybe go through Kentucky to West Virginia. I don't know what route they're going to take, but I can tell you, they're on the way to Washington. And the Democrats and others in Washington are seriously afraid of these people coming there and voicing their discontent with the government. This is one of our very fundamental rights. It's the First Amendment, you know, it's the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights. It was the first one they wrote. It wasn't the Sixth Amendment. It wasn't the Fifth Amendment about, you know, the right against self-incrimination. It wasn't the Fourth Amendment about being free from search and seizure without a warrant. You know, it wasn't the it wasn't the Eighth Amendment about excessive bail. It was the First Amendment that they said you have the right to free speech, to free choice, to freedom of religion. And too many want to silence people. And I look at it and say, you're wrong. You're totally wrong because as a famous person once said, and they said this straightforward, I may disagree with your position altogether, but I will defend to my death your right to say it. And I'm right there with them. I may disagree with you. My sister who lives in Chicago, she and I disagree on a lot. But one thing about it, I never tell her to shut up, to be quiet, that I don't want to hear it. I don't, I don't, while talking, while she's talking, 
tell her, be quiet. You know, I can't do this. I can't talk on the phone. You're starting to cause me grief. I don't do it because it's her right to tell me her side. Just as it's my right to tell her my side. And I can tell you, to our government, I look at every last one of the representatives, senators, the president, and yes, Joe Biden, I look at you to the point of saying, people have a right to speak their mind. And as long as they're not violent, as long as they're not pulling a January 6th incident, The Democrats call it insurrection. I don't. I look at it and say, I look at it and say, you had a bunch of people who carried things just a little bit too far. And the ones that did, well, they needed to be arrested. They needed to be dealt with. On the other side, I look at the uh, ones that went to the Black Lives Matter protests in St. Louis, in Minneapolis and Seattle. I look at them and say, you burn down a building, you you loot, you rob, you go to jail. You get prosecuted, you go to jail. Because I look at it as well back in the 60s. And I grew up during the 60s watching Walter Cronkite and the news, watching film out of Mississippi, of dogs being sick on on black people, water cannons being shot at them, fire hoses, police beating them. It didn't deter Dr. Martin Luther King. Didn't in the least. But he never once had his people get up, grab weapons, make bombs, anything. Because he was totally nonviolent about the whole thing. And because of that, it changed a whole decade. It changed a whole decade. A president signed a civil rights bill. A president helped usher in black voting. All because one man said, I'm going to stand up and make my voice heard. You want to make yours heard? Follow me. We'll make the voice be heard. And I look over to Ukraine. And it's been said that a general who leads his troops in the field greatly improves morale of his soldiers. Here you have a president who told the U.S., I'm staying. He's doing that. He's been on video in body armor and an army uniform with his people, eating with his men, saying, give me a weapon. I'll fight. I'd love to see Joe Biden, Justin Trudeau, uh, Boris Johnson, Uh, the Prime Minister of Australia, uh, Ms. Ardern down in New Zealand, 
President Bolsonaro in Brazil, I would love to see any one of you rise to the level of this man. His country is being attacked, and he's basically sitting there on video telling his people, telling his, telling his men, follow me, boys, I'll take the lead. Because it takes a special kind of person to stand up, person who is that important, who could have just as easily left. It takes a special kind of man to stand up and say, I'll fight to the bloody end. And you know, the Japanese bastardized the code of Bushido in World War II. When you look at the kamikazes, the suicide attacks, and such that went on. These people were fanatical enough. These army officers, soldiers, uh, naval officers, seamen, aviators, who were willing to die for their emperor. Sun Tzu, in The Art of War, my favorite book, said it best when he said, Preach your soldiers like children, and they will go to war for you. But treat them like beloved infants, and they will die for you. And this president is setting an, setting an example. His people, every last one of his citizens, I would bet there are some children, teenagers, wouldn't say four and five-year-olds, but there's probably teenagers who their father probably told them, you need to go with your mother. And I know there's probably one or two at least that told their father, no, daddy, I want to fight with you. I want to repel these people because they're attacking us. And I can tell you, in our 200 in 40 plus year existence, which it'll be 246 years when we get to July 4th, I will tell you, in all that time, yes, the British attacked us in the War of 1812. The Mexicans attacked Texas in 1836. We had the war with Mexico in the 1840s and 50s. And out of all this, yes, we were attacked then. But outside of the Second World War and the Aleutian Islands, since the 1900s, I would say basically since the First World War, maybe before that, there is no country that has ever attacked us on continental U.S. soil. And I can tell you, there are no countries really that I know of. Terrorists have done things like the World Trade Center bombing, 9-11 and such, but no country has organized anything to come into our country 
and attack us on U.S. soil. And why? Because we have a Second Amendment that says about the right to keep and bear arms that says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The 27 most important words out of an American constitution. And I can tell you, there are more gun owners now than there were five, six, eight years ago. And it doesn't matter, Democrat or Republican, because there's a lot of them that are Democrats, that are liberals, that went and bought a gun. Why? Because of rising crime. Because of district attorneys that let that let criminals off with no cash bail. Convicted felons that have guns when they're not supposed to. And the DA won't refer them to the federal government to be federally charged and sent to prison for 10 plus years. But these people own weapons. And do you think that another country would want to come into the U.S. and attack us on our soil? No, because they know what would happen. There would be such an outpouring of mom, dad, teenagers that would come out of the woodwork with weapons, shotguns, rifles, handguns. They would be pouring out into the streets to the point that we would have so many unorganized militias that it would it i mean it would you it would be a thing that you can't unsee they won't attack us because they know if they do our army is going to be sent to repel it more importantly our marines which semper fi marines uh they're going to do that. The Air Force is going to control the skies. But behind them, there's going to be millions of members of the public who are going to look at the state of New York, the state of California, Hawaii, various places that are going to say, screw your gun laws. We're being attacked. We're taking our weapons out into the street." And we're going to repel the horde. And they know that that as Americans, 90% of us, I would make a bet, would come off and say, you attack our country, we're going to be far worse than Ukraine. Because we will be like the Japanese in World War II. We will fight to the bloody end. We will fight to every last human. Putin basically took a baseball bat to a hornet's nest. And folks, I can tell you, what happens when you do that? Any sensible person knows that if you walk, that if you walk up to a tree that's got a hornet's nest and you swing that baseball bat and bust it open, what's going to happen? You're going to get stung, and you're going to get severely stung. And some people are stupid enough that they do that. Vladimir Putin happens to be one of them. 
and he wants he's probably going to want to do a scorched earth policy soon enough because his idea and this is only my opinion his idea is that by damn it one way or another i'm taking over ukraine this is going to happen if i have to kill every last man woman child whoever if i have no one to rule I don't care. I'm taking it over. And I look at that to the point of saying, why do that? Why can these people in Ukraine not live in peace? I have to tell you, if I were president of the United States, I would look at these countries of the world and I would tell them, if a country wants to join the EU, That's their prerogative. Let their citizens vote on it. And if they vote on it, or the leaders that they democratically elected vote on it, let them do it. If they want to join NATO, let them do it. If they want to join another organization, let them do it. And I would be one to tell countries like Russia, Your borders are secure. Your borders are secure. Because we, as sovereign Americans, will look at you the same way we look at our country. The borders need to be closed. They need to be sovereign. They need to be a thing of guaranteeing a country's security. Putin is worried about Ukraine being part of NATO. And maybe the U.S. or NATO putting weapons on their soil. Well, you know, if Mr. Putin, if you would sit down with the right people and negotiate things, maybe Ukraine could be part of NATO. Then maybe you could negotiate the deal as far as saying, okay, you can join NATO. I just don't want any weapons threatening my border. Okay, fine. You know, you don't put weapons there. You know, you, you you agree, you work out things. But there are people in this world, and you have to look at it, Benito Mussolini, Adolf Hitler, uh, others, even, even uh, General Tojo, all they wanted was expansion. It's what they wanted. Hitler wanted Lebensraum wanted living room for his people. And, you know, the world told him, okay, we'll give you the Sudetenland. Well, then he started into Czechoslovakia. Then he invaded Poland. And it's at that point the world said, look, we've had enough of this. You're not doing anything further. And so they went to war with him. And this man, Adolf Hitler, being the true coward that he was, and the true bastard that he was, was a man who, in 1945, retreated to his underground bunker and killed himself rather than facing the Russians and fighting them to the death. And there are other leaders that have done this. They've ran away. They've killed themselves. Such... And yet, President Zelensky, 
he's he's standing there in you in Kiev, defiant, saying, "Here I am, come for me." And I have to admire a man like that because that man, pardon my language, has serious cojones. He does. And like I said in the beginning, if I could fight alongside that man right now this minute, I guarantee you that I certainly would. I would go do that. Why? Because he's not a coward. He's willing to stand. He's willing to follow Rule 31. He's willing to stand up for what he believes in and not back down out of it. So, folks, as we all come together and our Ukrainians, we need to help them out. And for President Biden and others that want to pussyfoot around, quit with the words, get off your butt, and go do something about it. Seriously, go do something about it. Because I can tell you, the longer you play around, the more the Ukrainians die, suffer. You got to put a stop to this. And with that, folks, I'm going to, to close with one final thought. You, you got to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. That's how it happens. So. Get out there and support Ukraine all you can. You know, I drive around Red Thunder. I'm blasting the Ukrainian national anthem. Make it happen. As always, want to give a shout out to Casey's General Store for when I go storm chasing. They provide the ethanol for Red Thunder. To Chevrolet for the truck. To Frisch's Big Boy for the after chase meal. Folks, thank you, God bless, and rise up. Thank you. <laughs>